Hillcrest Chapel Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> hey, it's warm in here. Good, I'm delighted uh, to see all of you. I'm glad to be back at Hillcrest. If I haven't met you, my name's Christian Limek. It's another part of a fantastic staff of people here, but I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I took a vacation. Awesome, right? And then uh, last week I was guest speaking at another church, in fact, the church that I came from. And so uh, I missed you guys for a couple of weeks, so I am very, very glad to be home this morning. So I'm sneaking up on my one-year anniversary at Hillcrest. Uh, it just feels great to be back here with you today. Thank you. Um, I'm also really glad to be in the round. And Tim already talked about this a little bit, but it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, since grad school, I've been imagining you know, what church would look like, open to the outdoors and in the round. Uh, and as Tim said, I love it because of what it conveys. I know that the stage is easier. It's more efficient to put things on a stage and have people look that way. Uh, but I think that this is more accurate. It is more accurate that we are not here as religious consumers to receive a religious product, but we are here as a community gathered together. And as Tim said, that the only thing that's in the middle of our community is Christ. And I just love that that the in the round says that. Now we're just goofing off for the summer. So if this is just rubbing all of your, but this is not my seat spots, uh, I hope that you'll just be able to relax and enjoy it uh, for a summer, and then we'll put it all back together, and you can go right back into your spot. And if you're a guest here this morning, woo, <laughs> uh, bonkers a little bit, but uh, feel free to stop by and let us know what you think about it. Uh, but it's been uh, it's been fun giving it a shot. Um, also, as part of engaging summer together. Tim said we've got these after-service meals, after-second service, so I'd invite you to that. And then also as part of this kind of summer together, you know, uh, engaging summer as a community for us has been the start of this series, Outside. We've tried to orchestrate a way <clears throat> where we get to take advantage of that great weather and these long days, and it's really been uh, our objective that not only would we take advantage of it, but we'd intentionally get out of these man-made structures, all of these human-made structures that we live in and typically uh, go about our business, and get ourselves outside together. I find it a little ironic that we're teaching about being outside inside. <laughs> we must gather inside to talk about outside. Uh, but there's just some realities of gathering a lot of people. And it also gives us another chance to say, this thing we do on Sunday morning, this is not the church. This is the gathering of the people. We're together all week long, sharing uh, life together with lots of opportunities to be outside together as well. And so uh, we hope that you will take advantage of this season, and uh, again, let it intentionally push us outside. We hope that, I know this is a pretty outdoor culture, uh, but for some, we pray that this will 
um, drive folks to be outside, to engage God outside. And for that reason, um, we've highlighted during this season seven kind of action words, seven verbs about how we'll engage the outside. And we've tried to make them, think of them as happy goals. (laughs) During the week, take this message and begin to apply it this way. And if you follow us on social media, um, you've already seen that lots of people are taking us up on that. Uh, Lots of posts under the hashtag Hillcrest outside. And as you do that, as you go outside together and look around, um, we pray that you will just grow in your love and appreciation And reverent fear for the one who made it all. That as you observe creation, you observe something about the one who made it. It's like any time you observe a piece of art, you see the heart and mind and work of the artist behind it. Um, Last week, uh, Tim kicked off this series for us um, by encouraging us to engage this action outside at the un hurried pace of a walk, right? A pace that he beautifully described the pace of being known. Uh, I love that it is often the chosen pace of our uh, infinite velocity God, right? The one who could be all places everywhere chooses often to kind of move through life with us at the pace of a walk as well. And as Tim said, uh, it's the perfect pace for a long, ambling walk with a friend where conversations just open up as they do. Uh, and I, we started thinking when we planned the series that it's a good thing we started with walk uh, because we will need to be exercising the discipline of walking, walking together, and even slowing that walk down to a stop on occasion if we're going to engage this week's discipline. So if last week was walk, uh, this week we're asking you to go outside and listen. Do you notice when you came in, we had all the bird sounds playing? Carla's like, don't worry, something's not lost in the building, right? Uh, That sense of going outside and listening to creation. Now at first, uh, listening may not seem like, uh, you know, a horribly difficult task, right? This week, go outside and listen. I, that feels like something I'm doing all the time. Um, but I, I think that now, in an increasingly noisy world, is a really good time to ask, are we actually listening? Uh, the noisier it is, the harder it is to listen. To pick out unique sounds, uh, sensations, feelings, smells, all the things, all the ways that we listen to the creation, they all just kind of become a jumble of noise and we end up missing not just the sound of creation, but in that way missing the sound of the divine, Uh, the voice of God who is speaking to us through his creation. Uh, Both the prophet and uh, Isaiah and Jesus picked up on this idea uh, as they thought about busy religious people who were busy always seeing and always hearing, but he said, never perceiving or understanding. They heard lots of things, they saw lots of things, but they didn't understand what they were looking at, and they certainly weren't actually hearing. They're just lost in a sea of noise, and therefore missing the point. 
and certainly missing the voice of the divine, missing the voice of God. And I think that that ought to come as a piercing evaluation for us as well. Even church is noisy. Have you noticed that? Uh, Like if you study church, just slowing down the church. Uh, Often a service, everything we do about kind of gathering is noise from tip to tail. Uh, The human heart, which was made to be still and listen, seems to be growing increasingly uncomfortable with doing that. Listening to what's going on in their own heart and mind, listening to the voice of God. And so I think it's just a good time for us to ask, how deaf have we become in a very noisy world? And how do we go about changing that? Hearing the creator in the creation. Um, Now, there's a couple of ways that Christians get to hear God. The primary way that God reveals himself to us, the primary way we hear him is through Jesus himself. Right? The primary revelation of who God is, is who Jesus said he was. Uh, He says, look, I'm God. Watch, I'm going to die and be resurrected. Trust me, my word is good on who God is and what God looks like. When we see Jesus, we see God. But that's precisely what makes the Bible so important. Because it's the record of Jesus. Jesus said, it's all about me. But certainly we read his words and his actions and his life. So he becomes our primary revelation. But it makes the Bible our next revelation of who God is, what he thinks and what he's doing. And if we add to that the Holy Spirit, we take Jesus the Spirit of God inside of, and the Word of God, and that becomes for us our primary, how we listen to God, the revelation of God. Theologians call it special or specific revelation. This is how you know what is, right? Uh, But the Bible is also full of another idea, and that is that God is constantly speaking to us about himself, about what's true, about who we are through his creation. That is called the general revelation or the universally accessible revelation of God. Who he is, what he's like, what's going on. Like I said, you got special revelation. Theologians call this the general revelation. And usually there... They're just arguing, well, from the general revelation, if we look at the Bible, we can argue God exists. Like, at the very least, general revelation proves to us that God exists. I think that's just like scraping the beginning of what the general revelation has to tell us about God. Now, does general revelation tell us Jesus is the Son of God? No. That's why we have specific or special revelation. But if you take general revelation in harmony with specific revelation, I think you will find that the general revelation begins to color in the specific. Who is this God? What is he like? You know, the Bible says compassionate and gracious and holy and powerful. How do we experience that? We have the Spirit of God in us, but how do we interact with a God that is like that? And I think general revelation then asks, what can we know about God if we observe creation, we observe the created order, we observe animals, people, and relationships? What do we learn 
about him. I, I want the outside series and this Sunday in particular to say, what do we learn about God from the ocean? Its scale and its scope, its terror and its beauty. What do we learn about God from great big rocks? Or I mean, he made them, right? You ever, know, you ever thought about that? He could have made rocks, all rocks this size. Just like massive rocks, right? Mountains. What do we learn about God from badgers? Fearsome little critter, right? And babies. And human love and procreation and mountains and daisies and fruit flies and spiders and a great white shark. What does that tell you about what I said spiders? People are like, nothing. You learn nothing about God. I'll come to that, yes. What about the taste of a perfect piece of toast? Like, what does that tell you about God? Oh, yes, friends. Like sourdough in particular. What about the sight and sound of wind blowing through wheat? God makes an ocean on dry land. What does that tell you about the Creator? What about quasars? or astronomical space, or galaxies, or black holes, or molecules, or atoms, or electrons, or quarks, or gluons, or all kinds of other subatomic particles. What do those tell you about the Creator? And I want to tell you that they are all the great observable song of God. His voice, a testimony, a feast of listening to what the creation says with ear, eye, finger, and tongue. A living, developing, evolving song to be listened to about the Creator who made it all. Um, I think that it's funny if you begin to think about what it reveals about God, if all of it becomes a declaration of our triune God, have you ever thought about even his triunity is revealed in creation? Everything that we live under, the broad categories of creation are threes. How about height, width, depth, or past, present, or future? The list of threes in creation goes on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. He's constantly revealing even the nature of himself, not just that he exists, but what he's like in the way he has organized the things that he has made. I said that the Bible is full of these ideas. I want to read just a couple of the key scriptures to you that encourage us as believers to take what we know in specific or special revelation and harmonize it, enjoy, maybe even harmonize the wrong word, like go out into creation and enjoy unpacking it, uh, experiencing it with God, noticing these attributes about him in the things that he made. It's so funny to me when people are always like, give me proof for God. You can't prove God. And I'm always like, wait, your eyes are open, Right? Like, well, my, my number one proof for God, my dad will laugh at this, is watch. That's me moving my thumb. You ever thought about how insane that is? I'm thinking about it, and it's moving around. That's just a wild miracle. That is a miracle of the created order. That, if, if that doesn't blow you away for God, I don't know what to add. Like, what words I'm going to add that are better than that? Bible says, look and notice, observe. Let me begin with Psalm 148, just the first few verses. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him from the heights above. Make praise to Him, all you angels. Praise Him, all you heavenly hosts. 
Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, all you highest heavens and all you waters above the skies. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the ocean depths. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, creepy crawly spiders that reveal his will. All right, I added that. You mountains and all you hills, you fruit trees and all you cedars, you wild animals and all you cattle, you small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, young men and women and old men and children, let them all praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted and his splendor is shown above the earth and in the heavens. Paul picks this up when he's making an argument that how could anybody miss God? I'll just say it succinctly in Romans 1.20. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, everything about him, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that Everybody's without excuse. Anybody could say, I don't just know he exists. I know something about who he is. He's building off of Psalm 19, where I'll end. Just the first four verses say, Look, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Even though they have no speech and they use no words and no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the end of the earth. Even though they do not speak in words, this is the whole creation is communicating to you and I right now. It is displaying something about his power and his being. It is giving us knowledge about who he is. It is a general revelation that is rich with content and far beyond the simple idea that God just exists. No, way more. If we will listen, the creation is prepared to tell us so much about him, especially if we take this Psalm, 1, or Psalm 19 encouragement that to listen means much more than just where it's all the sense what do you see what do you observe what do you feel what do you smell um, this week when i was walking around thinking about creation i just noticed how smelly everything is like uh, how much smell is a part of everything that we enjoy how taste is a revelation of god and this morning i just want to unpack how those things tell us a little bit about who he is. Now, I'm going to ask you to hold on to taste for two reasons. We've got a message coming up about taste, about how taste uh, reveals something about creation. All the cooks in the house are like, yes, that's going to be a good one. Um, also, going out and tasting creation can be a little dicey, possibly hallucinogenic. So I would just recommend that you wait on uh, that one. I couldn't even make a thorough list of what creation tells us about the Creator. I noticed my list was even weak. Uh, but as I went through and followed the exercise that I'm going to give you, and I just took slow walks. Thank you, Tim. 
and I let the walks become a stop on a quiet road. And I just listened to the noise of the earth, wind blowing through trees. Uh, If you're listening carefully, when it's hot enough, you can hear like plants crackling and popping, right? Um, All the little bug noises that we don't pay attention to, all the bird noises that we are playing for you this morning, which are part of the Northwest soundscape. And just let them speak to me about who our creator is. Now, I didn't make an exhaustive list, but can I just share a few things that I noticed that go well beyond God just exists. And when I encourage you to make your own list, see if some of these same words don't show up or see if they resonate with you as you think about the time you have spent outside. So I sat down and I walked around creation. I thought the first thing I wanted to write down is God is good. Um, you know, even in an imperfect world where there's still brokenness, I don't know about you, but anytime I get a chance to really slow down and be with the creation, my chief thought is, this is awesome. Like, it's so good. Uh, like, who thought this up? Water leads to earth, leads to mountain, leads to sky. It all goes around in this great hydrological carbon cycle. It's just so good. It's so be- The colors are so rich the smells are so perfect i just thought the creator is good like i observe from the creation god is good he doesn't just exist he's good i love his goodness um i observe from the creation that he is incredibly wildly creative like just in just look at bugs he is wildly creative and he's exuberant in in his creation Uh, in other words he doesn't just like to make a few of any kind of thing right Uh, even though we've killed off lots of things, notice that God could have just gotten away with a couple kinds of everything. But that won't do. He wants 18,000 kinds of everything. He's an exuberant creator. He's cre- there's fish that have lights that hang off the front of their face, you know, and uh, uh, bugs with all kinds of crazy antenna. Is, he is exuberant in the way he makes things, and yet he's still careful and pays attention to every detail. So if you look close enough, you see this wild cacophony that he has made, and then each and every tiny detail has been thought through. All the ways that are flip over the back of a leaf and look at the fine detail this week. Just notice that he is, you know, you ever met like a wild creative person that can't detail themselves into a day? Not God, right? (laughs) I can be wildly creative and also profoundly detailed. Um, And I love the play between wild and detail, math and music. Um, our cells grow a lot like tree cells do, right? But, and the, it's mathematical. It's fractals abound. Like the way we grow is a fairly simple set of rules, but look at all the diversity that it makes. And notice how a tree grows. It doesn't just, you know, stri- it could just go, trees will grow straight up in a line. Then they'll make three branches. Then they'll make leaves. Instead, look at that thing. It's just bonkers, right? Things shoot off. It's math and music together. It is orchestrated wildness, and he allows the rules, let the thing also be wild. What a fun thing that he made it exuberant and careful and detail-oriented, but he still allows it to be wild, like allows things to just happen as they grow under his providence. They make things that are wild. Um, I love this about God. I don't know if you notice this when you go out into creation. I hope you will see it this week, but... Other than good, actually the second thing that always pops into my head is God is hilarious. He has got a wonderful sense of humor. Uh, Like in his creation, you will see that he is constantly creating things that are meant, I think they're meant to make us laugh. 
Like, I don't know when the last time you checked out a platypus or a giraffe is, but that's hilarious. That's just having fun. I don't have to make that. I just did because it cracks me up, right? Um, have you seen a bump? Look at a bumblebee. That thing's a just a, like, it is a riot to watch, right? This apparently kind of, it's awkwardly majestic like a flamingo, right? It's bumbling through the air. It's interesting to note that they are designed perfectly to be pollinators, because you have to, many plants, you have to get, shake the pollen off the stamen. And that big, apparently bumbling bee is perfectly designed that when it's on the stamen, the way its muscles work, it just perfectly vibrates the pollen off the stamen and flies away. It is humor and industry designed together. I love that he's funny. Uh, I love that he works uh, jokes into what he has made I think that it's supposed to, like, I was trying to think of, like, what else cracks me up? Alpacas. Penguins playing in the water. You ever watch penguins playing the joy in the water? That birds dance when they're trying to meet another bird. Like, look up bird dances. That'll crack you up for 15 minutes on the internet, right? Um, I don't know, like, how you think about God, especially if you're just getting to know him. But if your first reaction to him is fear, remember he's funny. And see if that changes the way you think about him. There's something to be afraid of. And there's the, he's, he's the world's greatest comedian. Think about whether or not him being funny changes the way you think about you, the way you interact with him. Perhaps you have made him too serious and failed to capture his humor, although he has filled the creation full of his humor so that you might enjoy it with him. He's funny. And I think that changes the way that we ought to see him. Um, I added to that that he's intelligent, and that ought to be obvious, but seriously, um, spend some time studying mitochondria or the human eye or viral propulsion. Uh, people argue, again, all the time, show me God. I just don't know how you could miss this astounding miracle, the fine design of all those that manifest his intelligence. He is mysterious. You ever thought about that? He's made some things unfathomable, just so you don't think you can get your handle on it all. Some things you are beyond your comprehension. Um, I think he's also intentionally terrifying. I, lots of people have said to me, oh, well, they wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be afraid of great white sharks if you just understood. False! <laughs> Underwater killing machine, I'm afraid, yes. <laughs> Automatically. Uh, like, well, in the new creation, there won't be anything terrifying about them. Maybe I'm not sure that I agree. And I've got some friends on board with me. I think God says, I made some fearsome things that I take delight in. He claims the Leviathan, the beast of the water and the beast of the field. I made those. I made the emperor scorpion. I made the black widow spider. I made them. I take delight in them. Well, Lord, they create a little terror in me. A little terror is probably good for you. Uh, he made the black hole. Isn't staring into the mouth of the light-eating black hole like staring into the mouth of a viper? I think that they're both meant to sit the human down and say, be still. You are not as big of a deal as you think you are. You do not have a handle on everything. As you are. It is not as put together as you think it is. I have loved and made these things, but before you get too comfortable and too high and mighty, remember that I have made and loved some fearsome things. And they're a revelation of who I am. Um, I love that he is mathematical. I love that there's math. 
in the creation. I've always wanted to be a good mathematician. I'm atrocious. But those of you who are good at math, I think you get to speak God's language a little bit. You get to see how math-oriented the world is. Um, I love that he reveals something. I said he revealed his triunity. But have you noticed the binary male-female nature of all creation? Uh, plants, flowers, all created things. There's this male-female binary relationship. I love that that reveals something about him. God says, I'm, not, I'm neither male nor female. I've said he a few times. That's our common language. But God, the creator, is neither male nor female. It takes all of the male and female things that he has made to reveal who, there I did it again, he is, right? But he said, yes, all of that. The way the mother hen cares, Jesus used that one. That's a revelation of God. And who I am, it takes all of that. And he made the male and female as a revelation of him. I love that in his binary nature as well. He's mathematical. He's patient. Have you noticed that about him? He is not in a hurry. Glacier speed, tectonic speed. Just when you're thinking, God, do something. He's like, I got lots of time. Relax. Watch the Christ slow down. Trust in what you see. Of his design, I see in his creation that everything is connected. This is the lesson that we are all learning as new environmentalists. You can't break one thing without breaking a whole bunch of other things. The creation is all interconnected. We're all connected to all the things that are around us. Um, here's the, I'm going to end with this one. Um, I love that life, de- uh, death, decomposition, and new life are just married into creation. Have you noticed that? Everything goes to this cycle of, like all trees, if an animal dies, that goes into the ground. Uh, plants grow up in that through photosynthesis. This new carbon cycle takes off. Another animal eats that around and around it goes. Trees grow leaves and die. And we tend to think of like heaven will be some stasis. Uh, Tim, you talked about that a little bit. Like, like it'll all be perfect. Can you imagine like spring without the fall? By the way, for fall to be lovely, leaves die. That's what's beautiful about it. I think that God entered into creation in life and death and recovering death as part of what's going on. And so that is just an intimate part, even who he is, how he revealed, the way he's made it is revealed in the way creation works. And my list just goes on and on. I have no time to cover it all, but I love how it all um, complements special revelation and what we already know about the Father and the Son. That creation is talking. He desires that we get outside and listen to him. We let special revelation be our guide, but we let general revelation be our exploration. Does that make sense? Since you know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, let him take you outside and show it off. Let him unpack who he is in your life. Um, Creation will have a way, if you're listening, of slowing you way down. If you're on your slow walk and you can sit still, uh, it itself can just instill peace. You can slow down and get on pace with the creator. Uh, thinking about everything from outer space to inner space will give you pe- If he is sovereign over the universe, he can handle your work problem. That's what, that scale. You ever wonder, why did you make it so big, God? Like, it's absurdly large. <laughs> I, I am screaming to you, I got it. Yeah, but this situation is really scary. This sickness or this finance thing, I'm with you. Can you really handle it? 
ta-da, <laughs> like, right? I am handling all of this so that you might be assured I can handle that as well. It is a revelation of who you are. And so this week, we're giving you a very simple assignment. Just like you were sent out last week to walk, this week you are sent outside to listen. And three quick things that you do to do this. How do you go outside and listen? Number one, uh, go somewhere you can listen. Uh, By the way, we live in an increasingly noisy world, so see if you can find some place that isn't so um, heavy with human-made noises. Find a place where you can hear what's going on around you. Then when you get there, are you ready for this one? Be quiet. Especially if you do this in a group. Like, don't keep prattling on. Uh, Don't talk too much to each other. I've watched people go to creation. I'm going to go listen to creation, and then they just talk the whole time, even in prayer. So here's the rule. Be quiet. Uh, See what you can hear when you get out there. Engage all of your senses. You may need to move between... Open eyes and closed eyes. Uh, be aware of the whole soundscape. The earth is making noise, right? Wind moving through trees, trees creaking in the distance. Uh, and then there are animal sounds too. All the biosphere, bugs and plants. and uh, See what you can tune into. Um, see if you hear your own heartbeat while you hear the winds in the trees. See if you can hear the birds and the bugs around you. Uh, If you're sitting at a campfire, see if you can hear the sound of the crackling campfire, uh, the shuffling of a few people that are around you. Actually stop and listen to the noises. Um, Experience the smells and the sight as all of them do something. Look up and down. Look at a bug or a blade of grass. They will both, because you know the maker, they will both reveal something delightful to you. And then the last piece is write it down, finally. Go somewhere quiet, be quiet and listen, and then write it down. Take a journal and a pen with you. And then as you're going or you're walking, you're sitting, as words or phrases or ideas pop into your head, write those down in your journal. And then later, if you want to sit still then and meditate on those, you can. If you need to grab a journal from us, you can grab it. If you want to get to your small group later and share those ideas, what did this tell you about God? Here's what I noticed. I never noticed this about him or thought about it in this way. Uh, Here's the words, ideas, phrases that I wrote down and see if you can encourage each other that way. Let the creation speak to you this week. Go take another walk. Sit down. Be quiet and listen. Can you hear the water that's running back there even? Listen to the sound that God is making. And we pray that it will help you love our creator more, appreciate the work of his hands more, tremble in reverent awe over him, and worship his astonishing power. Let it quiet you. Let it drive conversation with you. Maybe it'll open a conversation in this nature-oriented town about our responsibility to the creation. But whatever it does, dear friends, let it push you outside. And then we'll gather together next week back inside to hear more about the outside. Amen. Would you join me in a short prayer? Lord, thank you for your fantastic revelation of yourself, for who you are, what you've made, what you've done. We marvel in your creation. We give you thanks for the work of your hands. The scripture often calls it the work of your fingers so we can see how easy it was for you. We love you. We choose you. We celebrate.
all that you have done. In your very good name, amen and amen. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Chapel. For more info on this and other sermons, go online to hillcrestchapel.com or visit us at 1400 Larrabee Ave in Bellingham, Washington any Sunday morning, 9 or 11 a.m.